You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 117. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and today's episode is the 2018 Stock Market Review, and it probably isn't going to be your favorite episode. But before we get to the topic of the day, just wanted to shout out to everyone out there and say thank you so much for listening in 2018, 2017, 2016. We're on episode number 117. Now, I know I haven't been on as much as I would like to be. I keep saying I should be on the podcast more. I should actually be doing it once a week. There's so much to talk about and so much to discuss when you're a family steward trying to steward over your family's money. But things do get in the way. But I'm trying to change. I really, really am. I mean, what happens at the beginning of the year? At the beginning of the year, we consciously or subconsciously think about things that we want to change for the new year. I mean, what what do you want to do that's going to be different? Is there something you want to do more? Is there something you want to do less? Is there something you want to add to your life, take away from your life? I mean, we think about this throughout the year, but nothing more than at the beginning of the year. And when you own your own business like I do, Fortress Planning Group, well, I need to think about it from a business standpoint as well. And and one thing that I've been wanting to do for a while is to bring on someone, bring someone into the fortress fold that would be just as vested as I am in wanting fortress to succeed in getting out the word of investing like a family steward and the family stewardship approach to looking at your money. I wanted someone who might be a little younger than I am. I mean, shoot, I am 47, almost 48. I don't consider myself old, but at the same time, some people do. I wanted to find someone who is smarter than me. And really, that wasn't that difficult to find someone smarter than me. I often say, I am not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm always listening to the smartest person. And that's how I approach my life. That's how I approach my business. That's how I approach investing in financial planning is find the people that are doing it the absolute best and then emulate that. I wanted to find someone who is different than me. Someone who probably talks, talks less than me. 
and different in in many, many ways. I wanted to find someone that would push me further, someone that I could trust, someone that would become a partner in the firm. And so I did. I found my person. His name is Kevin, and he is comes from an engineering background, so is very, very good with numbers, has his MBA, is smarter than I am, and I am great with that. So I'm hoping bringing someone like this in the fold will help keep the podcast on track as Fortress continues to grow. And there's so many other things business related that just have to get done. And you know what, though? Kevin and I have discussed a million different things. But we have not discussed yet his willingness or desire to come on the podcast. So that's something that we'll be discussing in the coming weeks. Is he going to put the show together? Is he going to be on the show? Guest appearance once in a while on the show every episode. We're going to figure this part out together. Because one thing's for certain, listening to just me has to get old, has to get monotonous. And we need to keep this whole money thing because it is a boring topic. We need to keep it entertaining. We need to keep you listening so that you can continue to be educated in the way a financial steward, a family steward should handle his or her finances. So if anything else, you will be hearing from Kevin on the podcast as we will certainly do an introductory episode with Kevin. And I had so many other things I wanted to talk about before the show, but I don't want to make this show any longer than it should be. So let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. 2018 stock market review. Well, one thing that I'm happy about is that from a stock market perspective, that 2018 is done, finitoed, finished, because it wasn't a good year, not only for the United States, because to be quite honest, even though the U.S. stock market was down, it was one of the best performing asset classes of the year last year. But stocks were down everywhere last year after we had a great great 2017 in almost every asset class everything took a big dip besides maybe a couple short-term bonds and so forth in the u.s stock market oh and before i give these numbers everybody needs to be aware that i am not giving numbers of anything that you can invest in. All I'm giving are the indexes. Indexes cannot be invested in. There are mutual funds that try and emulate certain indexes, and those can be invested in. All I'm giving you are the indexes, the performance from the broad stock market perspective, overall stock market in certain countries, and then looking at the different premiums like small and value, etc. So, after saying that, the U.S. stock market was down 5.24% last year after being up over 20% in 2017. The average annual return since 2001, 7.6%. So this is well below. But as I always say, 
S&P 500 index has been up almost 10% or a little bit over 10% looking way, way back in history. But they always come in many ways, shapes, and forms. The stock market U.S. has been down 25% of the years, one out of every four years. And this just happens to be one of those years. The best year since 2001, 33.6% in 2013. The worst year, 2008, negative 37%. Okay, moving on to international, and we're going to dig into the U.S. a little bit further here in the next couple of slides. But moving to international, um, even worse than the U.S., international developed stocks down 14.09%, not good at all. And emerging markets down a little bit more, 14.58%. Now, emerging actually made a rally um, late in the year because it was down that particular index much more earlier in 2018. Global real estate down to 5.90%. Interesting because a lot of times real estate and the U.S. stock market kind of have a yin-yang effect. When one's up, the other one might be down or not up as much and vice versa. It really helps as a diversifier. When we look at this year and they came, they're both down and they were with a half a percent of each other uh, with global real estate being down 5.9%. The U.S. bond market was basically flat with longer-term bonds doing a lot worse than shorter-term bonds where we had an inverted yield curve going on for some of this year. So that means that some of these asset classes, these short-term bonds, the one-year, the two-year, the five-year actually saw positive gains, which is good. That's what we generally recommend in a diversified portfolio. And the global bond market was actually up about 3% in 2018. So breaking down the U.S. a little bit further, let's start with that. The U.S. stock market represents 54% of the overall world market capitalization. So if I add up all of the publicly traded companies in the world multiplied by their stock price, versus the number of outstanding shares, and I isolate just the U.S., that represents 54% of the overall world market capitalization, or $25 trillion. Wow. So about, or a little bit more than half of all of the world market capitalization exists in the U.S. Now, breaking down further, the best performing U.S. asset class in 2018 was large growth. Still down, but down less than the overall market, down 1.5%. Overall large cap, down 4.78%, you know, where the market-wide that I said was down 5.24%. And that's because these other asset classes were did worse than the market-wide negative uh, 5.24, and that's large value, down 8.27, uh, small growth, down 9.31, small cap, down 11, and small value, doing the absolute worst, down 
1.4%. Now, this is interesting, too, simply because small cap and micro cap were doing great at the beginning of the year, and then they really took a drop late. Now, last year, small cap outperformed large cap, and on a yearly basis, small cap outperforms large cap. I can't remember exactly, but about 57% of the time. This is one of the times that it did not. And large value, if I look back in history, on average beats large growth, but by far not this year. Now, the lesson to learn, though, the big lesson as a family steward is that doesn't mean that we shift our money now to more large and more growth, even though it appears, because we're looking at what actually happened in 2018, that these asset classes did better. That is the opposite of what we should be doing. The reason that small cap does better than large cap in the long run and value does better than growth is because there's a little bit more risk involved. So if we get out of our small and we get out of our value right now, that means we took the risk and the risk is just the volatility, which we saw last year, and we're not going to stick around for the return because I can't tell you when the value premium will show up or the small cap premium. All I can tell you is as a family family steward, we ought to tilt in those directions because in the long term, with long-term portfolios, they have been, and there's no reason to believe they won't do without guaranteeing anything better in the future. And when we look to international developed, same theme. Okay, market-wide, we know that international was down a little over 14% with growth Large growth down 13.14 and the currency diversification, the currency exchange didn't help matters with the stronger dollar and value down 15%. So again, value did worse than growth. Small cap down 18% compared to large cap down 14%. We're seeing the same thing in international. The premiums did not show up. That doesn't mean that we now move out of value or out of small in international developed. Incidentally, international developed represents 34% of the world capitalization. U.S. 54, developed countries 34%. And then moving on to emerging markets, that represents 12%, the final uh, percentage of the world capitalization. Now, here's a little bit different story because value did beat growth. Value was down a little over 10%, where growth was down 18% in emerging markets. Large cap still, though, beat small cap. Large cap being down 14.58, small cap down 18.5%. So when we look at emerging, we see that the tilt towards value helped us but not the tilt towards small. They kind of evened out. All right, let's move real quick to select country performance. This is always kind of fun. Here's the interesting thing. Ranking developed markets. And the first thing that I notice, and which you'll be able to notice too if you go to bestinwealth.com and click on this episode, you'll find 
the market summary in a PDF to click on. But when you rank developed markets, the first thing that I see is every single country had a negative. Wow, what a bummer. Now, now New Zealand was real close. They were down negative 0.02%, so they were almost even. Israel down 3.62%. And then you have the U.S. down 5.72%. So they were in the negative range. They were one of the best performing countries. Now, the worst performing countries, um, number one was Belgium down 24.14% and Austria down 23.60%. When I look at emerging markets, developing countries, I'm seeing there was one country that had a positive Everybody else had a negative. The one country with a positive, and I don't even know if I pronounce this country right. I think I do. Qatar. They were up 27.11%. Now, does that mean that we shift all of our money into this country because they had such a good year last year? No, absolutely not because we have no idea how Qatar is going to perform in 2019. The next best developing or emerging market was Peru, down 0.88%, okay, so about 1%. The two worst performing countries, Greece, down 31.37%, and Turkey, down 41.32%. So just looking at this, everything but Qatar just looks bad. It wasn't a good year for stocks. And we've talked throughout the years, what were the reasons for this and how we can never point just one or another reason. We talked about a lot of things, about rising interest rates, trade disputes, all kinds of things that might affect stock market performance. That's why the stock market isn't for anyone in the short term, especially a family steward. These are all long-term approaches. Here's another interesting page that you'll find when you go to Best in Wealth, and that's commodities. How did, how did the 2018 returns look with commodities? Well, of all of them that I have listed, only two of them were positive. Wheat at 1.51% and live cattle at 0.57%. Two worst performing. Second worst, coffee, negative 27.93%. And you guessed it, maybe, unleaded gas, down 29.68%. Boy, we saw oil take a big dive. And that's one of the reasons why you see unleaded gas down as far as it is. Now, the last thing that I want to touch on is fixed income or bonds, because I know I don't talk a lot about bonds, kind of a a boring subject, but bonds are a very important part of a portfolio, especially if you're very near or in retirement, because when we're producing monthly checks for folks who are in retirement and we have a down market of almost every asset class, how do we produce that check if we don't want to sell low? when stocks are down? Well, we grab it from the fixed income. And if you've been listening to this podcast many, many times, when we take the little extra incremental risk in the stock market by tilting our portfolio to small in value, that 
didn't work out this year, but uh, that isn't anything that's unexpected since we know it doesn't work out every year. But how to make up for taking that extra risk is with our fixed income, we take less risk, meaning we only invest in high quality, short-term bonds. The good thing about that in our portfolio is long-term bonds were down this year. Interest rates went up a few times this year. That doesn't help bonds. It has an inverse relationship. Now, that doesn't mean that it severely affects short-term bonds because short-term bonds, that means it means that there's bonds maturing all the time. So we can take advantage of the higher interest rates when the Fed raises interest rates. So when I look at the government bond index, it was down almost 2%. Inflation-protected securities down 1.26%. High-yield bonds down over 2%. But what about the short-term? Short-term, better. The one- to five-year government bond hedge to the U.S. up over 2%. Zero- to three-month treasuries up 1.87%. One-year treasuries up 1.86%. All of these experience positive returns. While not a lot, it certainly helps to even out the portfolio and shows that if you're at or near retirement and interest rates are going up, that doesn't mean bonds are a horrible place to be. We saw some positive returns. And now I would expect that these short-term bonds will begin to start to do better as we get into 2019 and beyond at an average return. I don't know what's going to happen this year or next year, but because those interest rates are going up, the average return moving forward should start to look a little bit better. And there you have it, the 2018 stock market review. Here's the best thing that we can do. Look at it, but then set it aside. Because 2019 is going to be another year. What is 2019 going to bring? Well, I can't guarantee what those returns will look like. But I know that it probably is going to bring more volatility because it has so far this year. Uh, It's also brought uh, better returns in the value and better returns in the small so far, but we're only a few days in. But I know that there's going to be more predictions about 2019. And after down years, more people are pessimistic. So they're going to call for not so great returns. Because what happens after up years? People are a lot more optimistic. If you look at the predictions after 2018, people were much more optimistic and called for better returns than what actually happened. And I can't tell you what's gonna happen. I don't know and and you know what? Nobody knows. That's the thing. But what I do know is that we are family stewards. And what is going to be our best course of action? Take in as much knowledge as we can. Because knowledge will lead to confidence. Confidence will lead to discipline. And discipline will give you the greatest chance for success in retirement moving forward. Period. 
And it's not because I'm the smartest guy in the world and I'm telling you this. I'm following the smartest people in the world and they're all telling us the same thing. If we can structure a portfolio, okay, that is mixed, but has a tilt to small in value, and we stay disciplined, this will give us the greatest chance for success, and that's all we ask as a family steward. My time is up right now. I gotta go, but I'll see you guys very, very soon. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.